as we know, telehealth and virtual care is way more than direct video conferencing with patients. There's all types of things that can be wrapped around the service that can help you manage your patients remotely and get more touch points with them. On today's episode of Sam Talks Telehealth, I'm talking with Matt McBride, CEO and co-founder of MEND. Let's get into the podcast. All right, Matt, I'm so excited to have you on Sam Talks Telehealth. Welcome to the show. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Yeah, so we've been in touch through the internet for um, a couple of years, keeping track of each other. I want to just start off with, give us a little bit of an intro about yourself and about MEND so that the audience knows who you are. Yeah, so I'm Matt McBride, CEO and co-founder of MEND. Um, MEND is a uh, complete patient engagement platform. We've been around since uh, 2014. We have about 4 million patients on the platform. Um, we're known for, for telehealth, but we also do other things like digital forms and payments, appointment reminders, scheduling, patient self-scheduling. So we have really a complete patient engagement platform that can uh, meet the needs of the new sort of hybrid care of this in-person care and now this virtual care uh, that we're uh, all delivering as well. I love it. And you're, I think we're both starting to really see that rise of that word, the hybrid care. So more we can do with that, the better. Well, you've been in this space since 2014 and obviously COVID is an immediate what's changed since then, but aside from COVID, what are some of the biggest, what's some of the biggest changes you've seen in the virtual care space? Yeah, I think, um, uh, really, a lot has changed and it's kind of amazing to see. I mean, you know, it's a pandemic. I mean, if you look at how much just the world has changed from this event, it's, it's, it's incredible how, you know, something can just affect the entire planet. We can see these shifts into virtual care. I would say that, um, uh, you know, more, not, a, not a lot has sort of changed for us. I think we were always focused on how do we deliver care to the patient where they are in their home? Um, and this was difficult to do before the pandemic. I don't think a lot of people realize that it was difficult to do. A lot of the reimbursement models were still based on the patient coming into a location and the provider could be remote. And so I think a lot of folks are catching up with, well, if I am now seeing the patient in the home and they're not coming in, what about all these other workflows that we have? There's still paperwork, we have consents, we need to get all their insurance information, driver's license, you know, any payment information, credit cards. We still need to do all those things. Maybe we want to have a check-in process. They see the nurse, the doctor, and they go to go to checkout. So I think uh, um, just seeing more of groups, uh, seeing, okay, how do we take our, our processes that we do in person and how do we move those to the to the patient's home and how do we uh, you know, have all the tools that we need. So those don't, those don't become a lot of manual tasks that are really burdensome having to, you know, you know, exchange PDFs back and forth and make phone calls or, or, or whatnot. So I think, you know, we were always focused on that, that uh, model of, you know, that uh, uh, in-home care and still helping groups with the in-person care. And I think we're just seeing a lot more of it of that and i think more and more it's going to going to become the norm for us here moving forward yeah and i think that's important because that idea of 
I think it goes, uh, people didn't realize how much goes in to doing virtual care. And so pre-pandemic, yeah, we might have a workaround or we might be like, oh, I don't know if that's that important. But now when you really have a true hybrid model plus virtual first kinds of models, I think we are seeing more and more, even, you know, even critical access hospitals or small community rural health centers saying, wow, I need a way to get these forms. My EMR doesn't do it, or it'll cost me so much money to have that done. And of course, they like the features of the virtual care and remote, but if they can't get all the information they need, then that's a huge issue. So I hear that from clients on a regular basis also like, hey, I've dialed in my telehealth service, whether that's video, phone, combo, but I'm missing, yeah, these other workflow kinds of pieces. So uh, yeah, I think you're right. And I think it's also that idea of the, because we're working so differently, wasn't just the volume of the pandemic, but now we know it's here to stay in terms of this virtual remote interactions. And so now people are saying, oh, well, I better actually have all the right tools or, you know, it's going to be piecemeal. Like how many times do people make the jokes with you, you know, in EMRs about the, um, what do we always say, the image tab, right? That like other tab that has like every single PDF in the planet in there. <laughs> yeah. And and, you know, there's a lot of sensitive information in there. You can't just open up the EHR for patients to just go in and do uh, whatever you want. Um, and, yeah, it, it is a lot more than we don't. When we go to the doctor's office, we don't just go boom right in and we're face to face with the doctor. And that's really that video component. It's all the other workflows that are happening that we have to think about now and then make it super easy. Right. You, you can't be downloading software. Can't be logging into patient portals. It has to be super easy so that we can get everything and that it works for everybody uh, um, that uh, the, the practices are trying to help. Absolutely. For a short break in the podcast, I want to talk to clinicians out there who'd like more resources and support around getting on the camera. We know you've been doing it for well over a year. But there's still some things that can always help you present just as professional as in clinic as you do on camera. So for additional resources, I've created a workshop called Camera Confidence for Clinicians. You can find that at telehealtheasy.com forward slash camera. And that's a workshop to really help you get more connected with your patients, feel as professional in person as you do on the screen. And it's a nice workshop to be able to give you all the tools checklists and some really easy hacks to make it you know less overwhelming to be on camera and not so worried about i don't know the second chin or any other variety of things but we've got you covered telehealtheasy.com forward slash camera for a great workshop on improving your virtual health visits and with that let's get back to the podcast and that goes perfect into my second question, which MEND is more than a telehealth platform. You've got things like digital forms, appointment reminders, all different kinds of things. What do you think is like a sleeper feature for MEND that maybe at first the practices say, eh, I don't really need this, but once they start using it, they realize the value of it. Yeah, I think our digital forms definitely, and, and we, we typically end up packaging that up with telehealth because it's so versatile, whether you want to do, uh, we do agreements. If you need to have uh, multiple parties sign, you know, behavioral health with treatment plans, you have to have the patient sign a provider sign it. We can do that. You might have clinical assessments that, uh, um, uh, you know, provide important information on assessing 
that person's uh, health in, in different scenarios. It might be billable. You can have um, any intake form, can take pictures, you can collect payment, get their farmers. I mean, it can really get, uh, collect any information you want. So I think when people see that and then uh, we make it uh, very easy to access those forms. So for example, patient will get a link and text and email, they click it, date of birth, and that's it. Um, so we'll see about 60% of those forms come back within an hour. And we're actually thinking about that uh, as the new appointment confirmation, right? Because if you do your paperwork too, you know, that person's coming into their, their visit, they're engaging in that, in that encounter that's going to happen. And um, so I think, I think that one uh, uh, definitely, um, some of the uh, uh, other ones that are probably more telehealth related, um, I would say are um, just for the ability to nudge the patient. So one of the things that we uh, talk about and that uh, I think our more successful groups do is they always connect into the visit. That sends an automatic nudge via text and email to the patient. And you can also send other, other nudges. So I think, you know, joining the visits, nudging, um, that's a good one. Um, picture in picture, I think, is, is huge for providers so they can be in a chart but still uh, see the patient. Um, we also have um, uh, phone call reminders for telehealth visits. Um, so phone calls with the right population can, you know, take a no-show rate from 50% to, you know, something in the single digits. Um, and then uh, uh, finally, uh, we have a dialer as well to uh, call the patient and a backup, bring in a translator, bring in a spouse, a parent, um, you know, or anybody else that you need to connect into a visit. So I think that's one that a lot of people don't think about that. Oh, we can make a phone call and bring bring that person in. So I love this. Let's let's talk a little bit like 60% return rate on patient intake forms within an hour. I mean, that's insane, right? So I can think about if someone, you know, they send me, hey, go to our website and fill this out. And like, I'm the worst patient. And so maybe I do it like, maybe I do it an hour before, but that hasn't really helped them. I also think about the arduous process of logging into a portal to fill out these things. So, I mean, that kind of rate is incredible because again, it's more forward information for that clinician to already have it in there. So, I mean, kudos to you on that that 60% rate. Now the nudges, I also love these nudges, right? Because if you, so you're saying when that, when a provider, when someone logs onto the system, if the patient's not there yet, it's sending them out a nudge, like we're ready. Yeah. And it, and it just goes out automatically, uh, via text and email. It'll, it'll send both if, if we're provided with both. And, um, I think those, those things, they, they definitely add up. I think that we are, we are already sending text, email, we can do phone call reminders as well. So it's not like, you know, the, the no-show rates when you move to telehealth are going to be much better. And I think ultimately, that's the main reason why people usually look to telehealth um, before the pandemic, during the pandemic, now nobody wanted to come in. It's all, you know, that's sort of the main problem that, that uh, 
I think you see when groups are looking to, to implement telehealth. So it's, you know, telehealth, you know, the 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 no-show rates are going to be low, but I would say the groups that have phenomenal uh, you know productivity rates, um, they are they are doing those things. They are they are nudging, and if you can you know, move the needle one or 2%, that can be significant. You're helping a lot more people and that can really be significant to, to a group to do it. And it's, it's built in, it's automatic. Yeah. And I think, I think like you said, even the nudges for phone calls is the reality is we can be getting busy. We can just be sidetracked. And if we don't have a timer, you know, on our phone that told us we can just accidentally miss it. And those nudges, I think that's just perfect. It's, it's so interesting because in that face-to-face world, yeah, I mean, what, uh, it's normally a 24-hour confirmation automated. It's not like a half hour, an hour. So when you come in this virtual realm, you're increasing those touch points, even with the nudges. Hey, we're going to start in an hour. Hey, that someone's already there waiting for you. And, and what we know also about the no-show rates, not only helping more people, but because providers are so over, you know, overstressed with time, every lost person makes it very difficult then to recoup that time. So absolutely. I love that. And I love for the phone calls too. I think again, people kind of take for granted, oh, they'll, they'll remember my phone call or they'll do it and they don't. And so a nudge is a, I think it's a nice way. And I think in healthcare, we we've been reticent to do that, or we haven't had the tools to do it. And now with, with how tech is, we certainly can. I love it. There's one, there is one other, I think really cool thing that, that we have um, that we have created, you know, wait, wait times can still happen on a telehealth visit. Right. And so we've created this Netflix style waiting experience with educational content. So if a group wants to have education about their organization or they just want to have some of our uh, educational content, what's interesting about that is we've seen patient satisfaction go up uh, 23% if you improve that weight room experience. So across all of MEND, we're seeing an average rating of, of about 4.7 out of 5 uh, with those types of uh, experiences. So I think that that's another sort of sleeper feature that uh, once groups see and see the data that, um, you know, you can't just be staring at, uh, you know, please, you know, you, somebody will be with you in a minute screen. So yeah, because that's someone was with you in a minute, 10 seconds feels like five minutes. So I love that too. Okay, my final question, I always like to know, if you could change one thing in healthcare, what would it be? Yeah, I think if I think seeing healthcare shift to how do we make people healthy, you know, how do we how and I you know we're starting to see this with value based care, and I'm actually I'm starting to see it with folks that I know as well that are you know being rewarded if they you know hit ten thousand steps ten times in a month or or do these things. I think. Um, you know, re- really, uh, a lot of healthcare is, um, you know, when a problem happens, how do we how do we become more proactive and and sort of prevent these things? And I, I you know, I kind of hope that the digital is a is a way to do that. If you can make it easy, maybe people would be more willing to engage in their health. And um, uh, you know, I, I think the government is moving towards, and the industry is moving towards new reimbursement models through value-based care to reward organizations. But I think 
ultimately that's what we've got to do is how do we just, you know, keep people healthy to begin with. Well said, well said, amen to that. Well, Matt, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show today. Love to have different perspectives and all the work you're doing at MEND. It's very, very appreciated. Yeah, thanks for having me, Sam. And I hope you've enjoyed today's episode of Sam Talks Telehealth as much as I have. Don't forget to subscribe and like the podcast. That way you know when the new ones are dropped. And for all of those who want to learn more about telehealth, more resources, and have a chance to work with me directly, feel free to go to telehealtheasy.com where you can find all the online courses and specialized services that I offer. We'll see you back here next time.